Welcome, everybody, to the Nuggets of Gold podcast. Today, I am here with Aiden, and we're going to be talking about the Super Bowl. This is this is a Monday. Um, Super Bowl was yesterday. So we're going to talk about what does the Super Bowl mean for the 49ers. Obviously, it doesn't mean anything directly. You know, there's nothing that really affects the Niners, but it's more about what does this mean? Like, how do the 49ers build their team? How do they build a winning roster? And really, before we get into that, though, I do want to say John Lynch made the Hall of Fame. Congratulations to him. Well-deserved. But as far as what it means for the 49ers, I think it's really two things. Offensive line and defensive line. And I think we've talked about this on the pod quite a bit. I know me and Jake have, Aiden. I don't know if you have talked that much with about this. But are, are you in the same boat? That's where they got to build this team. That's where they got to really build it up if they're going to make it back to the Super Bowl and hopefully win one. I totally agree. I think we're even with this this loss. I think that the Chiefs are the team to beat for the next ten years. And as we saw last year, I think the reason that we lost the Super Bowl last year was because of Chris Jones. That's something that kind of gets forgotten with the third and fifteen Mahomes heroics. Uh, but I think Chris Jones was a game breaker, and we didn't really see that last night. I know he made a couple plays, but I think. I think you make a great point. I think the offensive and defensive line are super duper important. I think defensive line, as we saw last year, uh, is very high on the 49ers priority list. And I think it will continue to be, but I think we need to hammer some resources into the offensive line as well. And that starts with Trent Williams, uh, which I'm sure you can speak a little bit more about. Yeah. Trent Williams, that is a must resign. If there's anything that could happen this off season, probably Second to trading for Kirk Cousins. I think that's worst case scenario in my mind. But second would be losing Trent Williams. That just can't happen. Um, I don't believe he can be franchised by the Niners now because of the clause that they put into his contract when they traded with him from the football team. Um, and, and I don't know, dude. I just think that you have to bring him back. He was really, really good last year. Should have been the first team all pro. I don't know why he wasn't. You could see right away he was the best lineman there. He would get put on an island with star pass pushers. He can handle them. He's, what was he picked? Number three a long time ago? It was three or four, something like that. And he's played at a high level every single year. I think besides his rookie year when he was kind of getting into the, you know, feeling out the NFL a little bit. But Trent Williams is a spectacular player. You just can't lose a guy like that. I know that I saw an offer that was floated around that the Niners were like, Apparently it was, I don't think it's a real report, but I heard that they were going to offer him two years, 41 million, a lot of money. It is a lot of money, but it's, it's totally makes sense. You, you can't lose a guy like Trent Williams. He's the best guy on an offensive line that was really bad last year, especially on the interior. And then on the right side, Michael Gunshay struggled quite a bit. So if you're losing left tackle, like what are you going into next season? If you lose him at left tackle, there's question marks probably all around either new faces or guys that hadn't played well. He's the only guy that really, really played well. Also, I guess Lake and Tomlinson as well. That's another guy you can plug in there, but it's not like Lake and Tomlinson is super elite or anything. He's just a really solid guard and that's good to have. But Mike, Mike wasn't good last year. So that's already a question mark there. Who's going to play right guard and center going into next year with three spots you have to figure out. And then a right tackle who struggled last year. Like that is not ideal. So in my mind, that is their number one priority of the offseason. Uh, I totally agree. I think Lakin Tomlinson at left guard will be back, and I think he's really good. And I think that the that, that the rumors of Mike McGlinchey's demise are a little bit overrated. 
Uh, he had some really glaring plays in some really specific games, but overall, looking at his PFF grade, it's 79.7. That's very good. Take that. Like he's still on his rookie deal. I think we'll bring him back on that fifth year option. And I think he's very serviceable. Obviously, he's not Trent Williams caliber. I think that we have some real question marks that we have to deal with before right tackle at center and right guard. We thought that Brunskill was going to be able to slide in at right guard, and he did not play that well. There's some real question marks at center with Weston. Weston will be gone. He's going to be gone. I hope to to God he just took our money and ran. And there's some real questions. Like, there's there's some big free agents we could bring in. Uh, First team All Pro Corey Lindsley of of the Packers uh, is a name that's that's being brought up because he has the the experience in that zone blocking Mike Lafleur scheme over there or Matt Matt Lafleur, excuse me. Um, And then a right guard, like I said, some some big questions. One guy I want to see slide in at at guard that we didn't get to see all that much is Colton. Colton Mikivitz, I think is how you yeah. say his last name. He was a fifth rounder last year, still under contract. I'd be fine slotting him, slotting him in at guard. And you really just got to fix center. I know Alex Mack is a name that's 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 brought up, but as as we just saw, the Bucks manhandled a, a pretty good Chiefs defensive line. Um, were able to control the clock with their running game, um, and I don't think Brady was pressured what, but three times. Um, I think it was he had five pressures, and then they had thirty-eight pressures on the Chiefs. Yeah, I think Obviously, it was a Super Bowl low and and a Super Bowl high, um, both in the same game. Which, as as we saw, is how you beat a generational talent like like Patrick Mahomes. And even Mahomes, do you remember the throw where he's running and he like there was a whole bunch of pictures about it where he's like a foot yeah. off the ground mm-hmm. and he threw the ball thirty yards and it hit Tyreek in the helmet. Like there were still so many plays like that that were just missed by the Chiefs, but that's how you that's how you win. If you win thirty eight to five on pressures, I would say probably ninety nine out of a hundred times that team is going to win. If you lose that game, I don't I have no idea what's happening on that on that team that had thirty eight pressures offense because it had to be horrible. You had to have your quarterback that are like multiple pick sixes, you know. I guess that's that's Jameis there. That's what was going on with the Bucks before. <laughs> but no, I mean, also the thing about the Bucks this year was that they just built a stacked team. Their defense was so good. They have Vitavia, they have Sue, Shaq Barrett, who is so underappreciated. That dude is a stud. We saw him all around the football. He was constantly in the backfield with Mahomes. Um, and then you also have JPP who since he's blown off his hand, he's actually had a really good career. It seemed like his career might kind of just be lost. He was also talking some some shit before the game about Pat Mahomes as well. I don't know if you saw that. He basically said that Pat Mahomes has to prepare for him, not the other way around, which I thought was hilarious. Now, if they would have lost, it would have looked really, really bad, but they didn't, so they got he got lucky on that end. But, I mean, they, their defense is stacked. Their defense is probably better than what the 49ers will come into next year with. Now, the difference is the Niners have two guys. They have they have Nick Bosa at pass rusher. I think he's quite a bit better than Shaq and JPP, um, but they're really deep up front. Now, the difference, well, I think they're, I think they're pretty similar, um, honestly. I think that the Bucs just have a little bit more depth in their, in their whole team, um, especially like they got some young guys that are playing really good. Antoine Winfield had that sweet peace sign. That was so sick. Um, that was awesome. 
I can't believe they called the flag on that. It was so like just mellow. And I was like, oh, come on, man. But it was already done. But linebacker, you got Devin White. You got um, – I don't know why I'm blanking on him. I picked him to win Levante Super Bowl MVP. David. I don't know why I do it every time. But, yeah, I picked Levante David as my Super Bowl MVP. He played a hell of a game. I think their, their linebacking is probably the best, but the Niners is definitely up there. Obviously, you got Fred, but Drake Greenlaw is really going to be – a fantastic NFL player. He already is, and he's just going to keep getting better, especially in pass pass coverage and stuff like that. Like you're going to see him improve a lot in these next few years, I think. Um, so their their front seven is, you know, their defense is built front seven heavy, and that's what the Niners have tried to do, and I think need to continue to do. Look at their corners: Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy, Bunting. They're not super elite guys. But they play good because they have so much help from the pass rush. And that's not like it was just this game. That was the whole season. You know, that's that's every game. Look at uh, against Drew Brees. Drew Brees, I mean, obviously, okay, that was a little bit odd just because Drew Brees could not throw the football. But look against Rodgers, you know, like guys like that, like they're making a lot of plays. So I think you you just, you got to keep doing it. Build through the pass rush, build through the front seven. Corner, I'm sorry, but it's just not as important. It never will be. And it's not like you can't, you can't just roll out horrible corners but they don't need to spend like massive capital at that spot unless it's a guy that's really good. For instance, if they have a chance to draft Patrick Sertain, that'd be cool with pulling that pick. It seems like he's going to be a really good player. seems like getting him at 12 is a pretty good value. So if you can get stuff like that, but don't go reaching for corner. We see teams do that all the time and it never works. I mean, I guess it doesn't never work, but I don't know. Do you get what I'm saying though, Aiden, how like you'll see a team like, Oh, we have to get corner. And they draft the guy in the first round. It's like, oh, look, this guy can't even get on the field. Yeah, uh, I I think a good example is, I mean, there's really two ways to build your your defense. And the Patriots have adopted different um, different than the Niners and the Bucks have. The Patriots are really, really good in the back end. And so are, are the Dolphins. Um, and it's two different ways to play defense. The Niners and the Bucks shoot to get pressure with four, and the Patriots and the Dolphins shoot to cover with four um, and blitz everybody else. And it, it's just two different ways to go about it. I don't think one is better than the other, but when you have a generational pass rusher the way that Nick Bosa is, I love the the idea of loading the 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 front seven and continuing to to do that. I think that's super important. And I mean, looking player for player at the 49ers and the Bucks front seven, I'm going to take the 49ers front seven. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I think that they're comparable, but I think that the Niners have all the tools needed to potentially do what the Bucks did to Mahomes. I think we have to figure out corner. I think corner is a need, even though like we saw Brian Allen this year. Brian Allen had no business being on an NFL field. And although the, the pass rush wasn't to the level that it was in, in 2019, the man cannot play. In the words of Stephen A. Smith, he's a bona fide scrub. I'm sorry, Brian Allen, but I hope that you never see the NFL field again. I would love to see Horn in, in round one. We like South Carolina players. He's very physical. He's a little bit like Sherman in that he, he wins with physicality and really just timing more than pure speed. He I think good ball skills too. Really, really good ball skills. I don't love the guy out of VT, Caleb Farley. Uh, he's a converted receiver, but he's a crazy athlete. 
so if you could convert him into a decent corner, that'd be great. I don't know. I don't know what we do at 12. I still love to see a trade up for a quarterback. I'd love to see what Jimmy Garoppolo is worth to maybe the Texans in, in a Watson trade. I think that oh, it's coming. It's coming. Aiden. We, we really hope so. I, I think the thing to take from the Super Bowl is that the 49ers are on the right track and there's nothing that we don't have that the Bucks do that would stop us from being a perennial, a, a perennial Super Bowl threat to both the Chiefs and the rest of the league. Um, so I think it's kind of like a, a, a pat on the back and keep doing what you're doing that, that the 49ers got last night. Yeah, I, I think that's that's very accurate. Um, and we we haven't even talked about quarterback. Obviously, quarterback is maybe the most important thing in all of sports, not just football. But we're talking about more of team building because we've talked about quarterback. And I'm sure we're going to be talking a lot more about it this offseason. As it seems like every other day, a new quarterback is brought up that you know he could end up in San Francisco. But offensive line, defensive line, you got to really build it up there. I do like Horn, like you said, Aiden. I don't know if taking him at 12 is too rich. Um, trading back, getting someone else. Now, we didn't really talk about drafting a pass rusher early. I think a lot of people would lose their minds if that happened. I would I would be happy with it. I, I know some people don't like that. Some people freaked out about the Kinlaw pick. Hey, that one's going to look real next good next year when he's lined up next to Nick Bosa. That one's going to be real pretty. And I think we're going to see that dude take a huge step. Um, but you could take... There's a bunch of guys you could take. I'm not a big Gregor Rosario fan. He's he's kind of, in my mind, he's like a poor man's Eric Armstead. And like he doesn't, he's not like the guy that gets there first, but he's a guy that cleans up. He's the big dude. Now, Eric Armstead is an elite run defender. Um, so that's the difference there. I don't know how great Greg is on the run um, and about sealing that edge and whatnot. But I like a guy by the name of Carl Lawson. I brought him up to you earlier today, Aiden. I love that idea of getting him, putting him out uh, opposite side, Nick Bosa, um, because it doesn't seem like D Ford's going to be back. And even if D Ford gets healthy, like there's no reason to believe that he's going to be able to stay healthy because he just hasn't. So I like bringing Carl Lawson. I know a lot of people want to see Kerry Hyder back. I don't know how much he's going to cost. I also don't find it impossible that Kerry Hyder and Carl Lawson are there next year. That doesn't, I mean, because I don't think Kerry Hyder is going to be like broken off. He's 29 and he's only had success with one defensive line coach. So why would some team be like, we got to pay this guy now? Like maybe they do because he did, he was really good last year. Um, but he's not the, the guy you really want behind or uh, opposite Nick Bosa. He's not that speed guy. He's not the guy that hits, hits that initial first step where I think Carl Lawson is. So I'd rather have Carl Lawson there. And it's weird to say that because, I mean, Lawson had five and a half sacks. And I think Hyder had eight and a half last year. But sacks don't mean everything. Also, Carl Lawson isn't playing next to Nick Bosa. That's the big thing. And and neither was Kerry Hyder. But Kerry Hyder had a very strong defense around him. A talented linebacker core behind him where the Bengals, I mean, they got Bates. And that's about it. Uh, they did have Carlos Dunlap. He got traded to the Seahawks. Then he got hurt. Uh, their, their defense isn't really anything impressive right now like they're they got to really change everything there also for the Bengals, i don't know why they wouldn't bring carl lawson back so there's also that element of it that they could just want him back but i like bringing in another pass rusher maybe you take them early i just don't think there's any guys that are super good that you could take early 
So maybe you take a guy in the mid rounds to compete with a carry Hyder. Cool with that. But they really do have to figure that out. And I think that's more important than figuring out corner just because like there's, they have so many options that they can, that they can do at corner. You can bring in a veteran, look at what the chiefs do. And, and obviously they got smoked last night, but guys like Brashad Breland, if you have a great front seven, Brashad Breland's going to be all right. Now, when your front set, when you're off, like when your front seven isn't doing much, then he's going to get exposed. But also, Jason Verrett, I would love to have him back. I don't know what Aiden. What's your thoughts on Jason Verrett coming back? Are you a, a proponent, a fan of that? Uh, for the right price, sure. I would be very confident in that he's gone. Um, I'd be shocked if he does not go to the Jets. I think that they'll pay him more than the 49ers can afford to, and he would stay with Sala. So I I expect him to go to the Jets. But if the price is right, love. Love to have love to have Jason Barrett back. Fan, fantastic story, fantastic player. Don't have enough good things to say about him. What about Akello and Eman? I like Eman more than I like Akello. Akello is too inconsistent for my liking. But I think actually Eric Crocker said on Twitter the other day the Niners just stopped playing Mosley um, over the stretch run of of the season. So I don't know if something happened in practice or if they're seeing the last of Akello um, and seeing if he has anything that, that, that they haven't seen. Um, but I thought that Mosley could, could play the slot and he really struggled um, after Jamar Taylor went down. Um, so he was really just relegated to special team stuff. I'd still probably take Mosley over um, a lot of other guys in the free agency class, even like Akello. I think Akello gives you, a moments sometimes and gives you D, D moments sometimes. And I would rather take the solid B minus C plus player throughout as the second or even third corner. And I trust E-Man out there more than I trust Kella Witherspoon. Yeah, no, I mean, look at, look at the 2019 season. Kella season kind of fell apart and E-Man was there and E-Man was a solid corner throughout the whole year, you know? Uh, but I will say this, Kella Witherspoon was balling. And those last three games. Now it's three games. That's the thing. But it's really hard to just let a guy go after it's like, oh, he just played the best three games of his career. You know, he was playing against DK and Nuck, and he was confident. And we'd seen some of that from Akello before, but it's always something like there's always something going on, I feel like, where he hasn't been able to put together that full season. I also don't think that Akello is going to be too expensive of a player. So having him in there and having him compete for a starting role and not just be given one, I think helps a lot. Um, we didn't even bring up Sherman. Sherman's good as gone. I think we all, I think we, everyone's kind of realized that now. Um, and it, I do not know why, like, it, it doesn't seem like there's any mutual interest in bringing him back or him going back to the Niners either. Um, and I think they're like, they're on good terms, but it's just, it's over. But I like bringing E-Man. I like bringing Akello. And I like bringing Verrett back. And then drafting a guy early, I think is smart. Um, but for a pass rusher, I'd rather them pay a pass rusher than pay Verrett a ton of money um, because Verrett has not been on the field. That's most of the reason. Or, and I'd also like them to do that opposed to going out and like trying to get a marquee corner. Uh, we just saw Pat Peterson got, got dropped. One, I don't think he's a marquee corner anymore, but I don't want them to go make a move and get a guy like that when it's like, dude, you could have a young pass rusher in Carl Lawson that you could get for the same price. Um, I, because I think Carl Lawson would just be a great addition on that D line. 
And you got to have those athletic guys opposite Bosa because they're going to perform way better than they have in the past. We, we see that all the time. So I don't know. You got to build defensive line before you build the secondary, but you can't just have slouches in the secondary. You brought up Brian Allen. You don't want that guy on the field like that. That was a disaster. That was maybe the worst 49ers moment all season. Like how did that guy get in the game? That should never happen. And you just, you cannot have a guy like that. That just cannot hang. Also, I don't know why they were just leaving him on the Island out there to get toasted. He had, they had like 200 yards against him in the first half. It was insane. But I don't know. That's that's what I think. You gotta build. You gotta build from the trenches out. I I totally agree. I think a guy to keep an eye on is Jordan Willis, who we traded for at at, at the end of last season. I think he's a guy that we can't forget about. I think he's D Ford, light, super really good athlete, potentially thrive in that D Ford role uh, where you come in on third down and beat people with athleticism, and then really just force the quarterback to step up right into Bosa's waiting hands. So I could see him having a much bigger role. I'm a big Ronald Blair guy coming off an ACL tear. It'll be interesting to see how he looks. I know he had some, some sort of complication uh, where he wasn't able to play at all this season, but I think 49ers need an edge rusher in the draft or free agency, but I don't think it's as dire as a, a corner given that we have like, two guys under contract we probably need at least five or six but yeah i think that we we bring up really good points also one thing i want to touch on really quickly the refs officiated this super bowl very differently than the 2019 super bowl i think that that is something that's going to be lost over time but if the 49ers are able to get some of those holding calls and some of those pass interference calls completely different game um i think that the best example is the Mike Evans play at the end of the first half and the George Kittle play at the end of the first half, one was offensive pass interference and one was defensive pass interference. And both happened at very similar points in time in very similar games. And I think if the 49ers get that offensive pass interference, they're at least kicking three um, and going into the half with three more points and the complexion of, of that game potentially changes. I know that that's something that Shanahan thought was going to be bigger than it was because the Chiefs have been known to be be very be very physical um, with receivers as they come out of their routes, and it really cost them on Sunday. And that's something to keep in mind going forward and seeing how the NFL continues to officiate that kind of uh, physical play. Which, as a former DB, I'm 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 going to be a fan of, but I think that's something that is going to be forgotten a little bit that we should try to talk about. Yeah, well, and also, it's not even like, oh, this team got bailed out, this team got bailed out. It's more of like, it's just not consistent. And that's where that's why it's so difficult, especially with pass interference, with holding, and with, is was that a catch? Like, those three things in, in football have always just been so difficult to, I guess, understand or evaluate. I'm, not, I'm really not sure of the word to use there, but, like, it just bounces around, and it's so inconsistent, so it's really frustrating. I know that a lot of Chiefs fans were upset. I mean, I thought that the penalties they called for the most part were like it was a penalty. Um, that's also what happens when you have A B, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronk, you know, like all these guys that are just gonna beat man coverage and the Chiefs run so much man. So I think that's what part of the the big difference there. But it, it is a little bit frustrating to watch as a Niners fan, just because that the the one that really gets me is the Bosa one for sure. And like I'm not gonna 
not going to beat a dead horse, but like it was a hold. <laughs> and the difference is like, it was on Bosa. If it's on, like, you call it on the stars. I feel like that's like the, that's always been like the unwritten rule, especially like in the NBA. It's like, Oh, was it iffy? Well, who took the shot? Oh, was LeBron. Yeah. That's a foul then. And you like, I've, have you ever heard the stories of like Michael Jordan when he's old in his career and the ref's like, Hey Mike, was that a foul? He's like, yeah. He's like, all right, that's a foul. <laughs> Um, but they're like, you know, some, some guys deserve that respect. And I, I think it's kind of a weird, a weird thing too, is like, why would you not call it if it's whatever, but it's just how it is, you know? So that was a little bit frustrating. Um, going back to defense line really quick. So I was thinking about this this morning, who is the most, am I, okay. In my mind, the guy that's almost a lock to be signed, re-signed on that defensive line is Solomon Thomas. I don't think he's going to cost very much. I think he wants to be in San Francisco. And I think he's a big locker room guy there, and he is a solid rotational player. Also, I think we've seen how NFL teams operate when they draft a bust. They're going to keep him around as long as they can so they get some type of satisfaction on that pick. You know, like, say Solomon Thomas makes a huge play in the in a playoff game. It's like, hey, good thing they got Solomon Thomas, even though it was a clear miss at the number three spot. Like, they want it to look okay, and they like, we see teams do it with quarterbacks a lot. So I think that he's very likely to be back. I don't know if DJ Jones is coming back. I have been a huge fan of DJ Jones. Um, I do hope he's back, but I don't really know what's going on there. I know he tweeted out a while back, like, know your value or something like that. So it seems a little unlikely he's back. Who is the guy that you brought up? Ronald Blair. I would like Ronald Blair back. I don't know what's up with his knee, though. Because if we're going to have all these guys coming back on the defensive line that had knee injuries, it's going to like eventually it's going to be like, all right, this guy's probably not the same player. I'm afraid that's what's going on with Ronald Blair just because he was supposed to come back last year and he just ended up not coming back. That's scary. Maybe they felt like, hey, there's no reason to bring this guy back. That would make a lot of sense too. Um, and if he's all right and he's back to, to the player he was in 2019 before he got hurt. I'd like to see him back. I, I really would. Cause he was a very talented player and he was, he was a great rotational edge guy too. Um, and I mean, he could play, he could play in a lot of spots, but he was great coming in every once in a while for Bosa or, you know, for Armstead and, and base downs and, and stuff like that. So I would like him back, but that's, that's pretty much all I have. Obviously figure out quarterback. We're going to talk a lot about quarterback, but figure out your offensive line make sure your offensive line is healthy or you're going to end up like the chiefs in the super bowl. Cause they had no tackles and everyone decided to overlook that, including myself. And I still picked them to win. I don't know why I wanted the bucks to win too. And I was like, well, they don't have their tackles, but like it was, it was massive. Shaq Barrett had a hell of a game that front seven dominated. Got to keep the offensive line healthy. Got to get Trent Williams back. Got to keep building that defensive line strength. You got to just keep pounding that. You got to, you got to replace D Ford and corner. You got to have solid corners. You don't need super elite corners to win, especially for what they're trying to do. Um, but that's, that's all I have today. Anything else you want to say before we take off Aiden? Last thing I want to add Kevin Givens. I think he's huge. Uh, he's, he's my 49er to watch. I think DJ Jones is gone. I think Solomon Thomas isn't a, a lock to come back. I think that he likes Sala and I could see him going to the jets. Uh, but Kevin Givens and Kentavious Street, to a lesser extent, are two guys that are going to have much bigger roles. Um, and even in limited action this year, we saw them pop a little bit. Expect them to be massive contributors uh, next year.
Kevin Kevin Givens. I don't know why I didn't bring him up. That that's a big one. He was really really good, and he improved a lot too. So he, he that's probably the reason why DJ Jones is not expected to be back. At least from everything I've seen, doesn't seem like he's going to be back. And I've always been a big fan of his. But Kevin Givens was balling last year, and he's a young guy, so I think that he will be back. Um, but with all that said, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, I'm going to be probably on a podcast later this week with a guest and not with Aiden. Um, and hopefully I want to do a Sam Darnold film breakdown. So hopefully we'll do that as well. Um, if you're listening to this on a podcast, uh, let me, or if you are listening on a podcast, go to YouTube, subscribe to YouTube and get that content too. We'll post the podcast on there, but we also will post other videos. Um, we posted our, a Jeff Wilson video when he got re-signed and I posted like a top five quarterback options for the 49ers too. Um, it's still pretty new, but it, it's doing pretty good. I think we got like a hundred views on that quarterback video. So uh, make sure to subscribe to that. Get some 49ers content. Probably should be posting on there about three times a week. Um, so we'll get some film reviews, all that stuff. But thanks everyone for listening and we'll talk to you guys soon.